0: We're talking about how to be led by the Spirit. I think we're on part nine, and we're almost done this, but uh, there's some important stuff, and I want to just uh, I want to just talk a little bit. Of, just re- reiterate something I said last week. We were talking about last week about member. Can we just turn to Ephesians chapter one, verse seventeen again? Ephesians chapter one and verse seventeen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Remember, we've talked about what wisdom means. It's a hearing heart. So to have wisdom is having a hearing heart. But what are you hearing? You're hearing the wisdom of God, which is the mind of God, right? Remember, we talked about that just say yes because i need to know that you know what i'm talking about we we spent an entire wednesday on that so the wisdom of god is the mind of god can you put up that quote by brother by brother by pastor nancy one more time if you don't mind do you have that available i don't have to figure it out i just have to hear what is in the mind of god the wisdom of god now hearing is wisdom but what are you hearing you're hearing wisdom <laughs> It's it's kind of like two sides of a coin. I don't have to form something in my mind. I just have to turn to my spirit instead of my mind and hear. And then if you just put up what what I said there, just as a simple little uh, summary statement, wisdom is hearing or knowing, right? Wisdom is a hearing heart. The mind or wisdom of God in your spirit, it's not in your mind, it's in your spirit. He cannot communicate to you by your mind because he's a spirit, Are you listening to me? God will never, are you listening to me? He will never give you a thought. Are you listening? A lot of people don't understand this. The Holy Ghost never gives you a thought. What he does is he speaks to your spirit man. Your spirit man gives you that thought. Do you understand? If it, and you can have that still small voice, which is the voice of your spirit, or it can be a knowing that bubbles up. But, but those thoughts that you have to enlighten, remember it says, it says here that we would have the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation, the knowledge of the eyes of your understanding, that's your mind being enlightened that you may know. So where did that come from? It came from your spirit. It came from the revelation in your spirit. So where does God communicate to your spirit? Now, the Holy Ghost can also speak, he can, that's called the inner voice. It's not the primary way he leads us, but it is, there is where you can actually hear words. And that, that is really, it's going, your mind is, your mind is picking up what those words are, but it's still coming from inside where your spirit is. Do you understand? Now, if if you're hearing the spirit's voice, the inner voice, you're not, he's directly communicating to you by that inward voice. So it's not going from that perspective through your spirit he's communicating to you directly. Are you following me? But if it's an inner witness, it's just a knowing in your spirit. And then if your mind is going to catch up, it's coming from your spirit. If you're going to have a thought, it's coming from your spirit, man. Do you understand? If it's the still small voice of your spirit, then that's your spirit speaking to you. Do you understand that? That's why sinners often say, I had a bad feeling about that. Why? Their spirit, not the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit doesn't live in them. But their human spirit can pick up a lot more stuff than their brain can pick up. Think of it like this. They say that certain dogs, they can tell if somebody's going to have a heart attack or not. I don't know if that's true or not. But they have this sense, this sixth sense or seventh sense or whatever, this, this canine sense that they know things without there being any logical reason for them to know it. Do you understand? That's, if you look at it from that perspective, a human spirit, even if it's dead unto God, that human spirit is still alive, even in a sinner, their spirit man is alive. It's just not alive unto God. It's blocked with sin. If they get born again, it becomes alive unto God, like it was when they were a child. That's when they was first alive, then it died, then it became alive again, born of the spirit a second time. But Even if they're dead unto God and they're on their way to hell, their human spirit is alive because that's where it's going to go. When their physical body dies, it goes to hell. The human spirit is alive. It goes one direction or the other. Their human spirit knows things, their mind doesn't. You don't have to have the Holy Ghost for your spirit to know things. So when sinners say, I have a bad feeling about this, I heard, you know, those people that died in the submarine. To one was the, one of the richest men in India and his son. Apparently, they were saying before the son got on the sub, he kept saying, I have a really, I have a foreboding feeling. I have a foreboding, I don't know about this. I, I'm I. His spirit man, he's not alive unto God, but his spirit knew something bad was going to happen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Now you ask me, why didn't the father know? Why didn't the father have, no, think, you got to use your brain, think. Why didn't the father have a foreboding feeling? Why didn't the other two have a foreboding feeling? Why only the son? There's reasons for that. Do you know what the reason is? Because the other people, the Bible says, you can, you can, you can become so desensitized to that spirit realm because of unrepentant sin yeah. and usually I'm not saying every time but usually when it comes to sinners the longer you've lived and the longer you've disobeyed God and the longer you have rejected things and put things down and squashed things down over years just physical years of living means that you are less sensitive to your spirit I'm talking about sinners yeah. Young people haven't had enough time unless they've lived a very ungodly life, which some young people, they're searing everything from the time they're a teenager. But some young people, are, are, they haven't had enough time physically to suppress those senses. Yeah. So they pick things up. Yeah. Their spirit is aware of something. Wow. That young man's spirit knew something was going to happen. The other, the, their spirits knew, but they're not, they're not getting that, they're not picking up the cues those other spirits knew, but because they probably lived a whole life of ignoring that, squashing that, searing that. Do you understand? So that, that searing of conscience comes into play here, and they didn't pick it up. So a sinner, in their spirit, man, their spirit knows things their brain does not know. Now, if a sinner without God, in their spirit, can have a sense can have a feeling, can have a foreboding. Their spirit, not anything to do with God. Just the human spirit without God is so powerful, it can pick up the future. How much more if the Holy Spirit of heaven lives in your spirit, you're not aside from the covenants of promise, you're in the covenants of promise. The Holy Ghost is in your spirit. If a dead sinner can pick up the future, how much more should you know something's wrong or something's not wrong or there's a good feeling or there's a, I have a check, we call it a check. But how much more? I mean, it's a joke. If a sinner can have a, what they call a premonition, that's just a fancy way of saying their spirit is warning them. That's all it is, my friends. Their soul is catching up with their spirit how much more does the Spirit of God in our spirit, how much more should we not pick things up? We should be picking things up. We should be picking things up more because we have something far better than they do. Not only does our spirit, aside from God, know certain things, but now we've got the Holy Ghost who knows everything influencing our spirit. Are you with me? So, we were saying here, that he has to give wisdom. We were talking about how you can't force it. Remember we were talking about that? We were talking about how Ted Showsworth, in that example I gave last week, people try to force that. And then some of you were thinking, but the Bible says you got to take it, you know, the violent take it by force. But I was explaining to you that is not applicable in this area. The violent take it by force in terms of covenant promises. When God promises you something and in Christ's reality, this is my promise to you. You have healing. You take that by force. But when it comes to God giving wisdom... God giving you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, He has to give it to you. You can't take it by force. When it comes to His gifts, you cannot take those by force. You can be hungry, but there's a fine line, like I said last week, between hunger and pressure. You're trying to force something. So we were talking about that. Do you remember? And then I and then I ended. I'm saying this because there were some questions after the service, and, and and so I want to answer those questions that came into my inbox. So I, and I gave that as an example, and then I said, you know, sometimes people they can't hear certain things and they'll come and say pastor you have a can can you can you can you hear can you talk to God can you give me that word and sometimes the Lord will allow me and I learned this by experience nobody taught me this I learned this by just experience over the years sometimes God would give me a word for them and it would be exactly what they need and then I thought that would happen every time and then sometimes it wouldn't happen so I thought it was something that I was doing wrong until I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, how come it seems that some people, you give me that word when they ask for it. And then other times you don't do that. And he spoke to me and he said, the reason I give you the word for them is because they're innocent from the perspective of they're just not skillful. They're just haven't learned. They're not not doing anything wrong. They just haven't learned. It takes time to learn the leading of the spirit. It takes time to know what his voice sounds like. It takes a lot of time in prayer. It takes time you don't get it overnight and some people they're just in the learning curve but this is too an important thing they can't they can't afford to miss it they haven't got enough skill to hear on their own God knows that so he gives the pastor that that answer for them and and, and it's easy but then there's other times it doesn't work that way. And I've said, Lord, why is it something wrong with me? Because I'm always looking at me, not blaming you. And the Lord said one time to me, he said, certain people I'll do that for because they just haven't learned yet. Other people I won't do that for, for a couple reasons. One, they're either too lazy because they won't, they won't wait, wait on God themselves. And when you get in the habit of trying to get somebody else to hear from God for you, that's dangerous. So that, that's one area that he won't do it. If you just won't take the time to wait on him yourself. I'm not talking people that are waiting on him, but they're just not skillful enough to hear. There's a lot of mercy for them. People that are, they won't even pray. They won't wait on him. They just want the quick fix from the pastor yeah. or from the prayer leader or from whoever, including their spouse, maybe even God won't always do that. That's if they're lazy. The second reason is if there is something wrong in a, an area of their life, yeah. they're, 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 some, they're not right in an area. Yeah. So God won't, won't answer them because, well, Lord, show me this, but he's silent because something else is wrong. So when I say, Lord, you know, this person needs something here, they, they're, I don't know what's happening in their private life. You can fake it real good at church, but I don't know what that, you can seem spiritual here, but I don't know what you do at home. Yeah. I don't have cameras set up. I'm not a fly on the wall, but the Holy Ghost knows everything. So if he doesn't give it to me, it's either because you need to wait on him more and get it on your own, and develop your own ability to hear, or it's because maybe you are waiting on him. Maybe you're doing everything right in terms of the praying and the waiting on him, but something is wrong. Right. You are wrong. You are, you are off in a certain area. There is, you, there, there's, there's something that requires changing or repentance. Wow. Do you understand? And then he won't show it. Wow. So the question, which is a very a number of questions, very good questions. They said, well, what about James chapter 1, verse 5? So let's read that because it's a very good, it seems like it, it seems like it contradicts what I've just said, but it it doesn't. But let's just read it together. James chapter 1. Amen. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him. That abradeth not in the, in the original means without finding error, without finding fault. God doesn't say, you want wisdom? Look at all these problems that you got. I'm not giving you wisdom. Mm -hmm. God gives you wisdom anyway. God gives you his mind. Or in other words, wisdom, what is wisdom? It's the mind of God. It's being led by the spirit. It's knowing what God wants in a situation. So when you see wisdom, you know, that's you hearing what's in his mind. That's what it means. So it kind of looks like what I said is contrary to that, because it just said, he's not going to find fault with you. So just ask God. He's going to tell you whatever you need to know, and he's not going to find fault. So can you understand that? Looks like it's a bit, it's a bit counter, uh, counteractive there. So let me just very simply explain what, and that's a very, for those of you that ask a question, good. Like my uncle says, good on you, mate. He's from, Cal- he's from uh, Australia. That means you're listening. That means you're paying attention and you're thinking that doesn't make sense with that scripture, And you should question things that are said from the pulpit if you think they don't line up with scripture. That's a good thing. That's not a, don't shy away from that. Don't have a critical spirit and a religious spirit where you're trying to argue with every point. But if there's something that you think, hey, that doesn't line up, that's very good. So those that responded, good on you for doing that. But let me explain this. It's not hard to understand. Let me explain this to you. If you, if you, let's say you're, uh, let's say you won't forgive your mother-in-law, okay? For something. Let's not use that because that's a stereotype. Let's say you won't forgive, you know, your sister. Your sister's done something and it really hurts you and you're, you're fed up and you're, I, I, I'm not, I'm not. Okay, but now you've got something going on with your business and you need wisdom about the client that should I get that client, that contract? I don't know, I don't know, Lord. They both look good, but it could turn on me. I don't know, right? Yeah. So you're going saying, Father, I'm asking for wisdom You said that you won't find fault, right? So what's God going, the only thing God can answer you on in that moment is situation A. Situation A is your offense towards your sister. Situation B is what you have, your wisdom you need for your business. So what God is going to do is he's not going to find fault. You're at fault for being an offense. You are wrong for walking in unforgiveness. But God's not going to look at you and say, I'm not talking to you at all because you're wrong. Do you understand? That's what that means. He doesn't stand back from you in the area that you're wrong. Do you understand? What he says is, I'm going to talk to you. Now, you're wrong. But I'm going to talk to you and give you my mind, my wisdom. About what? About where you're wrong. That's where people miss it. Sandy? I need you to fix this. Uh, Lord, that's not what I'm talking about. I need to know about this over here. Sandy, I need you to fix this. Lord, that's not what I, I, I'll deal that later. I'm talking about this. See, you're trying to get God to answer you over here, but God is talking about this. God is not finding fault with you, even though you're at fault but on the area you're at fault in, he is going to talk to you about that area. He could just say, "Ah, listen, my word has lots of scriptures about the love walk. I'm not talking to you at all. I'm not giving you my mind at all. He could say that because he's given us his word, but that's what that verse means. If you just come to him, even if you're wrong, he will talk to you, even though it's in the word, he will talk to you by the spirit about what you need an answer for. But what do you need an answer for first? Not your business. You need an answer for where you got off the track. Yeah. Very, very good. Do you understand? Yeah. So you're asking for B and God keeps talking about A. Right. I've had this many times in my life. Some, and I, and I, sometimes you don't even know you're wrong. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes you, you do things and then life happens so fast, you know, you kind, of, <laughs> you kind of forgot about it or thought, I'll think about it later. And then so many other things are happening so quickly. You don't even, you don't even take the time to go over and say, Lord, you know what? I, I really shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And you don't take time to deal with it because life is speeding like a bullet train. And so you're now a few days later, you you didn't even repent of it because you totally forgot about it. You maybe knew you were wrong when you did it, but it's just so much has happened since then. Do you know what I'm saying? And now I'm talking to the Lord about this and he's silent. Lord, I know you, you're not silent. You're silent. If he's silent, there's a reason. Not in every case, but in most cases, he wants you to address something that you've missed. Do you understand? Now, other times he'll talk to me, but he's not talking to me what I want to talk about. He addresses that situation. Why? He's not finding fault in me. I'm asking for wisdom, but he's not finding fault in me in terms of I was wrong. I was at fault. But he's still going to come to me to get me back on track in this situation over here. When I make that right, then he's happy to talk to me about these situations over here. Do you understand? So you can't take it in a vacuum and say, I can live however I want. And then I can ask God, I can live like a devil. And then I can ask God, you have to give me wisdom for my business because you don't find fault. James chapter 1 verse 5. That's a manipulation of the scriptures. Do you understand? You have to humble yourself and say, Lord, you don't find fault. So show, listen, you have a right to say, Father, show me why you're quiet. Yes. Show me why you won't answer me if he's not talking to you. Why won't you answer me? Because you have a, even if I'm wrong, I have a right to ask you for your mind. And then he'll say, yes, I will show you where you're wrong. I'll show you my mind. You've got to deal with these things first. Don't talk to me about that. Deal with that. But I'll give you a little hint. The more you know him, the younger you are in Christ, the less this doesn't happen very often. He will talk to you. Even though his word says it, he will talk to you. He'll deal with the areas first that you need dealing with. So don't argue with him about other things. Just focus on what he's dealing with you about because he could find fault, but he's not. And he's giving you his wisdom or his mind how to fix those areas first. Why? So that he can get all the other answers that you need. But listen to me, I'll give you a little hint, free of charge. The older you get in God, he won't even do that in, in many cases. Why? Because I have enough skill to know about my, for example, love walk. I should know when he's quiet, why he's quiet. Because I know him better than I did 25 years ago. Are you listening? And so sometimes if he's quiet, I won't even ask him, Lord, why? I'll just go and look at my life. And I'll start looking at the different things. Oh, oh, Lord, yes, you're right. You're right. And the Holy Ghost will just... There it is. Just roll still. There it is. Lord, you're right. I didn't need a big, big... Not a big thing. He didn't just talk to me in some dramatic fashion. I just... Oh, there it is. I'm sorry, Lord. I make that right. And then he talks about everything else. Do you understand? But if you don't know... If you don't have that sensitivity... For him to gently, very, very still point things out... And you're not sure... He's so kind and gracious, he will make it much clearer to you. But he won't talk to you about everything else until what you've where, where you've got off the railway track, you've got to get on the railway track. Do you understand? Are you are you following me? Some of you are looking at me a little bit weird. When you've got off the railway track, why are you talking about three kilometers down the track? You're off the track. You're not even on the track. What God is trying to say is you're talking to me about the next stop. But you're off the track. I need to get you back on the track. Then I'll talk to you about three kilometers down. Get on the track. That verse is talking about he won't hold things back because you're at fault. But don't manipulate that and say I can live however you want and you won't hold anything back. No, he's going to hold things, not hold things back from you in terms of telling you where you need to get back on track. Do that first. The rest of it will fall in line. Are you listening? <laughs> Okay, excellent question, those that ask that. Uh, Can I make a little side, for free, Hortense? You don't have to give extra in the offering for this. This is for free. Can I give you a side note? Very important side note. Don't ever, because we're talking about hearing God, right? Here being led by the Spirit. Don't ever pray and ask God for something that is clearly stated in His Word. If you do, you open the door immediately to other spirits. I've said it, but I need to say it again. If God tells you in the Bible to tithe, you do not pray if you need to tithe. Do you understand? Because it's in the Word, in the new and the old. You don't need to pray. That is automatically his will. Don't talk to God what he already gave you an answer for. Now, if God tells you you need to walk in love, you don't need to talk to God about why you can't walk in love you can say holy spirit could you help me to do this by faith but you don't need to ask him i i I don't know if i'm going to forgive lord do you really need me you don't need to do that the bible says that you don't need to ask god if you should look at another woman if you're married you don't need to pray for another wife it's against the word so we're talking about being led by the spirit but how does the number one way the spirit of god other than the inundance how does the number one way he leads us just in general He leads us with the word. The word dictates your life in general to you. You don't ever need to ask him questions that is written in here. Should I go to church? You don't need to ask him that. The Bible says go to church. Now you could ask him which church. You need to be specifically led there, but you don't need to, because some people pray, you know, there's this Jesus only bunch going around where it's me and Jesus and I don't need any, I don't need a pastor, I don't need a local church. And so they're praying, Jesus, should I go to church? You'll open the door to demons, you do that. The Bible clearly tells you that you don't need to pray. Can I give you an example in real life? Have you ever heard of Mormons? Do you know who started the Mormons? Joseph Smith. I was was reading something about him, which I thought was fascinating. And I I put it in here because of the questions about James chapter 1, verse 5. Do you know how Mormonism started with James chapter 1, verse 5? Mm at 14 years old, in what's the name of the place that he grew up? I don't think I wrote it down here, but it's real close to, it's about an hour west of uh, Rochester, New York. So it's upstate New York. It's the same area that uh, Finney had all the revivals. But there was a, something called the, the First Great Awakening, which was Jonathan Edwards and all those kind of preachers in the, in the late 1700s. And then there was a second great awakening, which went up to about 1820, 1823. Finney's revivals, some people call the third great awakening, other people just don't call it a great awakening at all. But Finney's revival started in 1825. So there was the second religious fervor, and it was primarily focused on upstate New York and Pennsylvania. That's where, that's because that's where back then, that's where basically almost every, there was people obviously in Boston and all, but I'm saying there was a lot of the population and very close to where we live now, upstate New York, western New York, all that area, all the way down, of course, to New York City. But there was a lot of religious stuff happening in the first and second great awakening. And then Finney rode a new wave just after the second great awakening ended but there was a lot of religious fervor. So let me, let, me, let me say, I'm just trying to explain to you how dangerous this is. So here's a 14, think how innocent you are at 14. Here's a 14 year old farm boy named Joseph Smith in 1820. His entire community is caught up in his words with an, un, an, an unusual religious excitement. That's what he said. And he is hearing all these things about religion. So what he does, and he's hearing people say, you need to believe in Jesus and, you know, this and that and everything. Because back then, there wasn't Islam in the United States. There wasn't Hinduism in the United States. That all came later. I mean, those are ancient religions, but they didn't come to the shores of the United States until many years later. So when we're talking about a great awakening, it is all about Jesus and what we believe. So he goes to the woods at 14 years old behind his house and he takes his Bible and he opens it to James chapter 1 verse 5. And he says, Father, or he didn't say Father, he said, God, I need you to show me which is the right religion to believe in. You said to ask of you and you will not find fault and give me liberally with your wisdom. Show me who do I pray to and who do I believe in? Which religion is correct? And immediately a demon spirit appeared to him in the form of Jesus. A second demon appeared to him in the form of God the Father and had a discussion with him and he believed he was talking to Jesus and God the Father. Are you listening? That progressed and progressed and progressed with deception until three years later in 1823, the angel Moroni appeared to him. Now that he's all prepped and marinated and gives him the Mormon religion. Wow! wow. Where did it start? He prayed about something the Bible clearly answers. He didn't have to pray, who do, I, who do I worship? Who do I pray to? Who is the real God? The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. You don't have to pray that way. Are you listening? Because he prayed something using James 1.5 in error with that the word already clearly answered, but he wasn't reading the word. See, the spirit will lead you because of the word. But he wasn't reading the word. So he's asking, are you listening? He's asking for something extra beyond the word. Anytime you get beyond the word, demons are getting involved with you. And that's how Mormonism started by a young man praying James chapter one, verse five. Most people don't know that. Now we have our own Nancy Awad, who was in Egypt. Don't run away, Nancy. You're a reverend, you're a reverend. You can't run away our service when you're a reverend. And she had the Koran and she had the Bible. And she went up to the roof of her house and laid them. And she's been raised to believe in the Koran. But now she's got the Bible. And she's in a Muslim country. That is really, they persecute you if you reject that. Sometimes they kill you. Do you understand that that is not the same as Joseph Smith? Who's never heard of any religion other than Christianity and is in the middle, in the middle of the second great awakening, getting people excited about Jesus. And he's going in asking, is, are you the real God? You can't do that without demons because the Bible says it. But she is in a totally different scenario. She's got two different religions. She doesn't know. She's been raised this way. But something in her heart is saying maybe there's something else. So she puts it before the Lord and say, I don't know who you are. Would you show me which is the truth? That's totally different. Because she can read the Bible and it says, worship Jesus. But then she reads the Quran and it says, worship Allah. How do you know which is true? So then Jesus walks into her room. What? Three months. What? After three months. Three months. I even tried to give God ways to answer me. But whatever you tried to tell him it doesn't work. Like I said, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. Whatever is your book, open. So she'd go to sleep. If it's your book, open the book. When I wake up, whichever book is open, that's the book I'll believe in. That's a fleece. God can't answer that, but she didn't know that. So she is trying to figure this out. God sees the honest heart. God sees the hungry heart. God sees the heart. She's doing all this fleece stuff. She doesn't know that that's not scriptural, but see, she's not like Joseph Smith. She doesn't know which book is true. He knew the Bible was true, but he, she didn't know. And then Jesus walked in long story short. I got to keep going in this beautiful black robe with gold trim in an open vision. She's seeing him like you see me. And he spoke to her and he said, daughter, I was half asleep on the bed and he said, nobody meet his beloved Abba when he sleep like that. In other words, her your posture, he didn't appreciate that you were lying down when the king walked in the room. Yes, but I assume he meant my condition as a Muslim. They were that situation, sleeping. Right. But look at that. She doesn't have a church to go to. No. There's no Christian radio joy. Radio. There's no, there's, she's in a Muslim country, but she's in an honest, hungry heart. And Jesus walks in the room and shows himself to her so that she would believe in him. That's a divinely granted dead hagen, a divinely, a divinely granted appearance, because a hungry heart was searching and there was no other way to get the answer. But when you've got the Bible, and you've got churches preaching, and then you go and you blatantly pray, and you don't read the Bible, demons will engage you. So being led by the Spirit, I'm saying all that to say this, being led by the Spirit is in a massive way includes reading the Bible, because a lot of answers are in the Bible. And you don't need as leading in general because you've got the Word. You need as leading into the Word, and you need as leading in specific areas, but make sure you're reading the Bible. Some of you, God's not talking to you because you're not reading the Bible. God is quiet. Why don't you read a bit more? I'm serious. I'm trying to help you. A lot of people say, God won't talk to me. That's probably because there's something you either won't wait on. Laziness, too busy, 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 busy. Or there's rebellion and unforgiveness or unrepentant sin somewhere and it's blocking it. Or you just don't have enough word intake. Because if you'll read, the Holy Ghost will start showing you things. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord is so good. So don't pray that prayer in the wrong way. Pray it in the right way and it will work for you. Now have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 2, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. What a wonderful verse. In other words, you haven't seen all the good things yet. Now watch now. Remember, we're talking about he'll give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That spirit of wisdom is his mind, what he thinks about. Now, he just said, you don't know everything, the good things, Taylor, that God's got planned for you. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. How does he reveal anything you're ever going to get is by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, Jesus appears to you like her. That's an exception. But in general life, how are you going to hear it? How are you going to get it? By the Holy Ghost. He's revealed it. Now notice, he said he's revealed it. Notice that word revealed. He's revealed it by the Holy Ghost. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of revelation. How are you going to get the revelation of God? From the spirit. How are you going to get the wisdom of the mind of God? From the spirit. Why? Because the spirit reveals things. Stay with me now. It we see here it says by the spirit now watch this is very powerful for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God one translation says the eternities of God God has no end to him eternity is in God I know that's hard for your brain to fathom scientists can't fathom it time and space and matter is in him He's not in it like we are. We talk about the fourth dimension with Bill Winston, but God created the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension, which is the spiritual realm, is in him. You almost can't fathom it, who, who really God is. And the spirit of God, just like the real me is my spirit. The real God is his spirit, if you want to look at it that way. You can't really look at it that way in that way because it's like well my my body is so much less than my spirit. So you can't look at it like God the Father is so much less than the Holy Ghost. You can't look at it like that. But what I'm saying is the real me, the part that knows me is my spirit. The real part of the part of God that knows everything is the Holy Ghost. Now it says the spirit of God searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. That means that everything you ever need, ever, 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 ever need, it's in God because eternity is in him. And the Holy Ghost is searching out what you need that is somewhere in the expanse of God. You, Your mind, Taylor, doesn't have to figure it out. The Holy Ghost is searching it out for you. Pastor, I don't know what to do with my life you're not supposed to know what to do with your life. The Spirit of God is searching out the plan of God for your life in the eternities of the Father. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to let your mind form something. You don't have to decide what career. You don't have to do any of that. The Spirit of God, His job is to search all those answers in God and then Tell your spirit those answers. Now your spirit will communicate to your mind and then the Lord shows you, this is who I want you to marry. This is what I found in the Father for your career. This is what I found in the Father for your education. This is what I found in the Father for the church you're to go to. People are so mental. They're trying to figure everything out on their own. and we're training young people in grade 11 and 12 to have ambition do you know how dangerous that is? Don't ever tell your children you can do whatever you put your mind to. That is a dangerous statement, although it sounds coated in, in, in encouraging varnish. They, they can't do. They can, but they shouldn't do whatever their mind, whatever they put their mind to. I don't want my kids to do whatever they put their mind to i want my kids to do whatever the spirit of god found in the mind of god for them and has shown them then when their mind is renewed they can do whatever they put their mind to but it's really they can do whatever they put god their mind to that's in line with god's mind do you understand what we should want for our children is the perfect plan of god for them not for them to be a doctor not for them to be rich by your estimation of what rich means or successful because you've got some cultural pride thing going on and you want all your friends to hear and know that your kids are these great things that's pride brother and sister that's nothing more than stinking pride what your what your desire should be is not to keep up with the joneses or to compare your kids to their kids Your desire should be, I want God not to show me, although you could know too, so you could pray it out. I want God to show my children. I want the spirit of God to search out in the eternities, the deep things of God, the plan that God has in his heart for them. The Holy Ghost will find it and he lives in them and he'll communicate that to them. And what I want is for them to hear. I want them to hear. I want them to have wisdom, a hearing ear, a hearing heart to what? To hear the mind of the father that's in the Holy Ghost, that's in their spirit. That's the only thing that matters in life. That's the only thing that will bring them joy and safety and peace and not have their life shipwreck right. is when the Spirit finds the plan in the Father and He shows it to their spirit and they access their spirit by praying in other tongues and that information comes up. Amen. Now they can put, do whatever they put their mind to because their mind came from the mind of the Father. Do you understand? Praise God. So we see here, keep going with me. He searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man. We just said that. The real you is your spirit. Your spirit knows more than your mind does. Which is of God? Save the spirit of man. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. You don't know what's in the mind of God, but you have the word and you have the spirit. That's why we're called Word and Spirit people. We have the Word, which the Spirit authored, but we have the Holy Ghost. He knows what's in the mind of the Father. He searches out the mind of the Father. Just like the, my spirit knows everything from one perspective about my body, my mind, my spirit reigns king. Not my body, not my mind, my spirit. What God's saying in the Word here is just like n- nobody knows you but your spirit. Nobody, no man knows God but the spirit. Yes. Now, keep reading. Now we have not, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might not, what happens when you've got the Holy Ghost? Follow, you don't have the spirit of the world, what do you have? The spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Now because you've got the Holy Ghost, read the next sentence. Because you've got the Holy Ghost, read the next sentence. We have the Holy Ghost that we might know. The things that are freely given to us of God. I have the Holy Ghost, Jenny. I have a right. That's why he said freely. I don't have to beg. I don't have to claw. I don't have to whine. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. If God's not talking to you, there's a reason. He should be talking to you regularly through his word, by the inner witness, by the inner voice. He should be talking to you. Why? You have a right, because you've got the Holy Ghost, to know the things freely given. Freely. If he didn't put the word freely, you might think you have to earn it. You might think you have to position yourself so perfectly. But he said, you can have it. Everything that I want for you, it's yours. So why are so few Christians hearing Why is it so hard to be led by the spirit when he told me I have a right because I've got the Holy Ghost to know the things that God's planned for me, Jenny, and to know them freely. He's not holding them back. He wants me to know them freely. So if there is a liberality to God's leading, do you understand what I'm saying? He's saying, Sharon, you can know freely. Why is it I'm picking on you because it doesn't apply to you. That's why I can pick on her. But why why can't Sharon hear if he said you could have it freely, but we're not hearing, there's a disconnect between what he said is our right and what we're actually walking in. And you know what I believe the biggest disconnect is? The next verse. Which things? Are you with me? Which things? Which things? What things? The things that we have a right to freely know. Which things we also speak? Not in the words with man that man teaches. Man's wisdom. Man's mind. Remember, wisdom is mind. The mind of God. So your mind, Rosita, has a certain opinion about things. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to help you. Don't talk about what your mind knows. Can I be honest with you? Every now and then I have a little dinky, little dinky, dink, dink thing with my body. Something don't work right something stiff, something, 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 something. You know what I mean? Nothing major, but there's always something. And you know what I found? I talk about it to myself more than my wife. Stupid thing. I don't know what's wrong with this stupid thing. I get frustrated. And then, I, and then, and then I'll go and I'll try to buy something to store to correct it. No, nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. But I, I find myself, because I'm frustrated about it, I start talking about it is it not human nature to talk about what you're frustrated about? So don't look at me like you're holier than me because you, you're worse than me. You do it more than me. Maybe I do it more than you. We're just as bad as each other. Jennifer, don't give me that look. So I'm standing there after a long day of training yesterday. I'm tired. I, I got in at 930. I, I flew all day long and I'm tired, and, and I get there, and, I, and I, I, I'm having a shower, and I get out, and I'm looking, and you know, I, I can only see this up, right? Thank God I can't see anything more, but I can just see this up, and, uh, and, and, and there's, there's a couple things between here and here that I don't like. Not my face, Rosita. Although there's a couple things on my face that I don't like. No, I, I'm not telling you what, that's my business. You're not in the bathroom with me, but I'm just talking. I have to say that so that their mind doesn't wander, Jenny. From here, belly button up. And, and, and I'm looking at myself and I start, I said, man, I hate that, Lord. I just, that really bothers me. And, and I just, I'm, but I'm, when I say that, I'm not really talking to him. I mean, I'm just saying Lord out of religious whatever, but I'm just talking to myself. And I'm just, and, but, but I do that almost every shower. And, and cause I I don't like that Lord. I don't like that. And then that lump over there. And I don't know that thing's not straight. And I don't know what's going on here. What the heck is going on? And this hair thing doesn't, this thing's not quite good. And that, and this thing over there, Oh Jesus help me. And Jenny, I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying this to bring humor. It helps it to go down with honey, not vinegar, but I'm not lying to you. I hand on the Bible. I'm standing there looking, and that's a regular thing for me. And I heard the Holy Ghost just as loud. Now, that's called the inner voice. That's not the still small voice of my spirit. That's the Holy Ghost talking to me. And it was as loud as I'm talking to you, although it wasn't audible, but it sounded audible. And he said, what are you doing? And he said it like that. And it shocked me because I'm not expecting, I don't even think God knows. Like, he's not around. He's, he's dealing with the Afghanistan or whatever war we're in. He's dealing with that, the Russians or Ukraine. I don't know. He's not in 31 West Loft, Main Street, Janestown, New York. He's not there at that moment. He's in in Ukraine doing something. But but apparently, he is the omniscient, all knowing, omnipotent, all powerful, and omnipresent, everywhere at once God, which you forget. Because if you remembered, you wouldn't talk so much like you do. What are you doing? And I said, it shocked me. I said, but just in that one statement, he didn't even say anything. else. revelation came. And I know it, Jenny, but it was fresh revelation. And he said, you're complaining about what you don't like. I, I, I'm trying to help you because this is daily life for all of us. And he said, you are speaking words of man's wisdom. What does that mean? Wisdom is the mind. The mind of God or the mind of man. My mind the wisdom of Craig, that's what is in my mind about a situation. What I think, not with God's aid, my own carnal, unrenewed mind thinking about these physical things I don't like, I'm talking man's wisdom. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, why don't you speak my wisdom? Now there's Main, the main way is this. Speak things that the Holy Ghost teaches means tongues. But the Holy Ghost also teaches. It's more than just that one aspect because the Holy Ghost teaches faith. So it does mean tongues, but it means more than tongues. I always preach it, Taylor. If you, you listen, I'm, you listen, right? I always preach it as tongues, right? And the Holy Ghost said it's not on only tongues. Things are you are you still with me? 853? I've got seven minutes. You're not leaving it for seven minutes. You might as well pay attention Jenny, do you see this honey? Which things we also speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual Yes, that means the Holy Ghost teaches us how to speak in an unknown tongue You've got to speak in unknown tongues. That's the reason why I said it's freely given. Why don't we have more? Because we don't speak in tongues enough. But what does he, but he, he corrected me. He said, you always say tongues. I said, yes, that's what it means. He said, that is what it means, but that's not all it means. He said, does the spirit not teach you how to walk in faith? Does the spirit not teach you revelation from the word? I said, yes. He said, so what the spirit teaches you speak. Mm. So when I'm standing at the mirror, it, it, I've got to be honest with you, that is not necessary at that moment. No. Sure. Now, when I'm praying about my exam and I'm praying out the plan and I'm praying about aviation, that is appropriate. Yes. But when I'm standing at the wit- and looking at myself, I don't need to talk in tongues to God about what I'm seeing. Right. What I need to do is talk in English, but words that the Holy Ghost teaches, but in English about what I'm seeing, because that's what's going to change that situation. Are you listening? I like to give you stuff, what I call hot off the press as much as I can, because if you notice, I give you examples, not every week, but almost what I'm trying to show you that this is a living reality. I live this. I am not a hypocrite. I am not a faker. I actually have examples in my own life because I'm living it. And so can you. Amen. Amen. Now, I have been dealing with something, something I won't say what, but I've been dealing with something between here and here for about nine months. And it's really bothering me. And, and it's, at times it's painful. At t- and I know this, this, this part of my body is not functioning right. I know it because it doesn't, I know what it's supposed to do and it's not doing it. And that's all I'm saying. None of your business is my business. And I've been frustrated. My wife knows what it is. I've been frustrated with it and I deal with it multiple times an hour every day that I'm awake, at least seven, eight times an hour, every day that I'm awake. The only time I don't deal with it is when I'm sleeping. So you understand, it's been nine months like that. So you understand that it's it's constant. When there's constant problems, it wears you down. And what you do is you start talking about man's wisdom or what you have in your brain, your frustration about that situation. And he said, what are you doing? Don't talk with words man's wisdom. Don't, in other words, don't tell me, Craig, what you think about that situation, because what you think isn't changing it. Talk Words that the Spirit has teach you. In this case, not tongues, English, but what has the Spirit taught you through my word? Yes. I knew what he was going, Jenny, and he said, Speak to that thing. And he was, I mean, I preach Norval Hayes. I preach Norval Hayes, Jenny. And I don't always even live it myself because life. You're the head of your house! He touched me on my forehead and electric shock went through my brain. I didn't know what that was for. The Lord told me later, he said, that was an anointing to preach that sermon. Pastor Nancy got an anointing from him to preach on worship. I got an anointing from him to preach on you're the head of your house. And I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. God gave me an anointing from him before he died to preach that message. So I'm (laughs) more than the average person. I know that message inside out and I've got revelation of that message. But it's amazing. You can have revelation and not live it. Are you listening to me? So he's talking gently to me. What are you doing? You're speaking what you think. Yeah. Speak what the Holy Ghost has taught you. He's talking about the revelation of faith and the commanding faith prayer. I knew what he meant. He didn't have to say because I knew that. And then he got, and I paused for a second. I was so shocked that he spoke to me because I'm in, this is not my time with God. Do you understand? I have another time when he should talk to me. Not right now. This is complaining time between me and the mirror. <laughs> I did not expect him. It. it shocked me. I, I, and I, I, it shocked me when he said that. And I said, Lord, I, I'm sorry. And then he spoke so strong. Greg, I'm telling you, he yelled. God will yell at you if, you. if you're dense, he'll get it over to you. And sometimes he's annoyed because it takes us too long to get these things. Or too long to apply these things, maybe. We get it, but we don't apply it. And he said, speak to it! And he said it loud. And I, I mean, I pointed my finger. I'm looking in the mirror at that particular item. There's seven of them I'm believing for, but I'm looking at that one. Because that's the one I deal with eight, nine, ten times a day. And I looked at it and I said, now I commend you. You hear me? I'm looking at myself. It's kind of weird. But, but I, I, I've got faith. And I said, now you listen to me. You listen to me. And I'm yelling at myself in the mirror. But I'm not yelling at me. I'm yelling at that deficiency. That's right. yeah. uh, my, uh, my rage, my faith rage is aimed at that deficiency. Do you understand? Yeah. I said, now you listen to me. I said, you're going to change. And you're going to change tonight. And when I wake up, you're not going to be there anymore. Now see, I'm speaking... Actually, there was an anointing to do it, but I'm speaking, not preaching anointing, not the ministry anointing, just the anointing that comes from within. Yes. Everybody has that anointing. But I mean, it kind of, I did it so forcefully because God said it so forcefully to me. And to respond weakly when God speaks forcefully to you, you'll, you'll grieve the Spirit. When He is aggressive, you better act aggressive. When He is gentle, you can act gentle. You know, you, you respond in kind to God. I've learned that. When he says it, he doesn't mean me going, well, well, you know. No, when he says it, "Ah," I do it. It's like, yes, sir. And I curse that thing. And I said, I commend you. You listen to me. That Jesus said, if I say to you, be removed and cast into that sea, and I don't doubt, but I believe what I say will come to pass. I believe that you will obey me. I'll have anything I say. And I believe with all my heart, and I release that faith with my mouth because it's in me, but it's released by saying, and I commend you in Jesus' name. I mean, I got aggressive. You change, and you change tonight. And I got, and I went to bed. I woke up this morning. For the first day in nine months, it hasn't happened one time. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Well, let's just see what happens tomorrow. (laughs) See, if you're thinking that, you don't understand faith. Well, why don't you just just give it seven days before you give the testimony, Pastor Craig? You know, just give it some time in case it didn't really work. See, that's not faith. Faith believes. Faith doesn't doubt. I can wait a week. I can wait a month. It's done. It's done. Amen. And Jenny, when I was shaving tonight to Borger Church, uh, to be honest with you, it's been such a busy day. I got up. I've been flying all day. Then I drove three hours to come preach to you. Now, as soon as this is done, I'm getting to drive three hours back. I was in the car six hours to get to you tonight. I don't need the awes. I'm just saying I'm trying to be a good pastor. It's a long day, and I haven't even had a nap or a five-hour energy drink. It's a miracle. And when I'm shaving and packing and uh, I unpack and I repack all in the same moment because I have to go again. And as I'm doing that, I'm shaving. And it's been such a busy day. I actually did not. I did not notice, Greg, that it hadn't, hadn't happened because it's been so busy. And as I'm shaving and I'm looking at myself in the mirror, I, I see. And I stopped and I said, what? It dawned on me. This hasn't happened today. I said, God, this has not And then I thought, well, I shouldn't be. I should have been. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you. I was like, wow, wow. Because it was a relief to me. This tormenting thing. Physically, I'm talking. You can have it emotionally. You can have it mentally. You can have it in a lot of different ways, torment. But I'm saying that was a physical thing that and it's not demons. It's just your body not working right. Do you understand? But I'm telling you, you say, well, there's what if you deserved it? When God said to me, what are you doing? Why are you speaking things out of your mind? Why aren't you speaking things that i taught you? You know, what my, I didn't say that, but you know what one of my answers was? I said, I'm sure I deserve this. Because I'm sure if I had lost weight earlier and if I was working out better, maybe, I don't know, but maybe not, but maybe some of these little dinky things wouldn't be happening. I said that. I said, Lord, I, I probably deserve, that's why I paused and I thought, well, Lord, you see, if you, if you think that, you have no confidence in your faith. And he, that's when he said, speak to it. That's why he yelled at me, because he saw me drifting into self-condemnation and doubt. Because I think maybe I deserve it. You see, if you feel that way, you won't have faith. You've got to, I'm not saying that you have to believe you're perfect, but you do have to believe you're righteous. Well, your faith doesn't work right. That's why his answer, he didn't even take the time to correct me and say, "Bruh, son, you're not responsible. He didn't even say that. He didn't need to say that. His commanding words, speak to it, was the answer, multiple answers in one. He's saying, you're not responsible. And even if you are, my blood takes care of it, boy. Even if you are. He didn't say that I was, but by that statement, Jenny, what he's saying is, you're not And you know what? If you are, I forgive you. I'm not holding it to your account. Use the words. Speak the words the Spirit has taught you. In other words, what is he saying? You've got revelation? Speak the revelation. Speak the revelation. In that situation, I have revelation of the commanding, the faith command. So I had to open my mouth and command that thing to change. Not worrying about, did I deserve it? Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I opened the door. Maybe God, that's all doubt. He says, you can't doubt in your heart. You've got to believe. You've got to, so if you don't, know that you're righteous, you won't believe. You'll just be in condemnation all the time. So you've got to get past that. Now, if you're wrong, repent. But if you're not sure, just talk to God about it. Oftentimes he'll just forgive you even if you are. But he wants you to step into that faith that he wants you to step into what the spirit has taught you. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how much that helped my faith today. Because when you are beaten down (laughs) almost a dozen times every day for nine months, seven days a week, you start to think like, well, I'm not really, obviously I must be a bit of a loser because I can't even get this thing to work. But you see, what are we doing? We're talking about it. We're mentally analyzing it. We're complaining. We're whining. We're guilt. All of these things are not of the spirit of God. What he wants you to do is say, not what you think, he wants you to say what he thinks. And what he thinks is commended and it will obey you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then I'm ending now as I have more, but we'll pick it up next week. As I'm driving down tonight, I heard the Holy Ghost say in my heart, you see, son, it works. I said, my God, it works. Jesus, my God, it works. You know, I went to three doctors about that, Greg. You know, they gave me I don't know how much, hundreds of dollars I spent on medicine. None of it worked. In fact, I think it made it worse. Yeah. I'm not saying thank God for doctors, but in my case, I think it made it worse. Yeah. So when you, medical help can't help you, <laughs> listen, you should be going to Jesus even if medical help can help you. Right. So as I'm driving down, Jenny, I heard the Holy Ghost just so soft in my heart. See, son? That's how he said it. He's so kind. See, son? It works. I said, Lord, I know I've seen so many victories in my life, but this is hot off the press. I said, it works. And he says, now there's seven other things. Before you go to bed tonight, curse them in my name and believe that they will change. If he can do that, Willie, he? He can do that and that and that and that and that. If you've got stiff hips, speak to them. If you've got headaches, speak to it. Are you listening to me? If your eyes are getting blurry, it's up to you what you do with it. You want glasses, take glasses, but you can speak to it. If your female parts aren't working right, I don't know why, but I hear the Holy Ghost saying that. If your female parts, I don't know what that means, but by the word of knowledge, if your female parts, whatever that means to you, if it doesn't work right, speak to it. But if you don't believe, it won't work. Well, pastor, how do I believe? Meditate, 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 meditate day and night, meditate day and night, meditate day and night, meditate day and night. night. I promise you it won't be too many days or nights until faith grows. Then the Holy Ghost, you don't have to worry about saying it, wait for the Spirit to prompt you. He knows where your faith level's at. When he says, speak now, then you speak. And command those female parts to work. Hallelujah. Men, this is not by the word of knowledge, but you know, there's all this stuff as you get older. Apparently, men have these problems and that problem. Speak to your body. Speak to it. I know Dr. Dufresne made everybody laugh. When he said that that time, he said, just want you all to know, I don't need no Viagra. Yeah. And then he paused and he goes, huh, I, I don't know why I said that, but maybe you wanted to know. <laughs> Doctor just said stuff like that. Yeah. But what, what you don't know about him is that he spoke to his body. Yeah. He commanded his organs to work yeah. and they obeyed him. Right. You can command your eyes to work. You can command your feet to work. You can command your memory to work. You don't ever have to go into dementia. You don't ever have to go into memory loss. You don't ever have to go into a home because you're frail and you're brittle. You don't ever have to break bones because you've got brittle bone disease. Uh, now, you're going to take care of the natural realm and obey God. And when he prompts you, if he says, don't eat that, don't eat it, you know, you've got you to have a normal life, but you don't have to be perfect to take 1,900 pills. You have to know what the Spirit has taught you because that's from the mind of God and stop going into your mind with all your thoughts and all your frustrations and all your whining and start saying what is in his mind. What is in his mind? Health. What is in his mind? Strength. What is in his mind? You obey me. What is in his mind? Work. 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 I commend you. Work. And if I have done something wrong, the spirit, if if I'm wrong, he'll say repent. If he don't say repent, it means whether I did wrong or not, I'm in the clear, buddy. And that spirit quickens my mortal body. The power quickens my physical cells. He'll quicken your brain. He'll quicken your heart. He'll quicken your lungs. He'll quicken your liver. He'll quicken your blood flow. Don't get into condemnation because you're not perfect in your diet or your weight. If he has a problem and you need to repent, he'll tell you. Remember, he won't find fault even if you're wrong. He'll tell you. If he does not tell you, it means you're in the clear even if you weren't perfect because his blood is so far encompassing. Just focus on what he's taught you and not think about the fact that you might deserve this. I'm speaking to I, in fact I'm saving somebody's life right now. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, you're saving somebody's life right now. Because some of you are so guilt and condemnation ridden, you've got so many thoughts. Well, if i done this better, if i done that better, uh, 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 that's why your faith don't work, because you're always condemning yourself. I'm not giving you a license to sin. But I'm saying if you're wrong and you're needing to repent for the power to work, he'll tell you. And if he doesn't tell you, you're in the clear and just start commanding. Command your heart to work. Are you listening to me? I'm speaking by the Holy Ghost to somebody here. And I don't know what it is, but it's an organ. I don't know if it's the heart or not. But I know because he said you're saving somebody's life right now. Are you listening to me? Just give me a minute. Don't, look, don't be so carnal that you're looking at the clock when these moments happen. Just stay with me for another minute. It's obviously an organ that can end your life. So my first thought goes to heart, but it may not be heart. It could be some other kind of thing. You listen to me. Speak to it. But don't speak to it till you meditate it. This tank has to be full. You don't know when it's full till the Holy Ghost tells you it's full. And don't get tired meditating. Don't get tired meditating. Don't get tired meditating. Your life depends on it. And when you're full, the Holy Ghost says, speak now. If I wasn't full in that mirror, he wouldn't have told me to speak. He would have said, go and meditate. But because I'm full enough for that situation. Did you notice, Taylor, he didn't tell me to speak to all the situations. He told me to speak to one out of seven. Because I'm expending faith for that one. I'm just going to target that baby till I kill it. Well, it only took one time, Greg, which doesn't always. Sometimes you have to keep going. But I woke up this morning and it's done. Now, my faith reservoir, why? Because I meditated today. My faith reservoir, I used it last night, but now my faith reservoir is built back up. Now tonight, before I go, I'm going to release my faith for another part. And if it doesn't change in a day, I'm not going to be discouraged because some things might take a little bit longer. But I'm just going to keep hammering it. How do you keep hammering it? Every day you say, you're obeying me. And don't ever talk about what it is in the natural. Don't call things. Call things that be not as though they are. Don't call things that are. Don't talk about what's in your mind. Talk about what's in his mind. What's in his mind is things that be not as though they are. You're working. You're disappearing if you wanted to leave. You're changing if you wanted to change. You're fruitful if you need to be fruitful. You're limber if you need it to be limber, whatever it is, start saying, You are, not you will be, you are today, you are, you obey me, you obey me, you obey me, you obey me now, you have to obey me now, I am the Son of the Living God, you have to obey me now, I am the Son of the Living God. Do you understand? Now don't go cut that and send it to the people and then they say, We're in a cult. I am a son of God, yes. but because I'm the, Jesus is my elder brother, I am part of yes. the sonship yes. of the living God. Yes. I have rights. Yes. We live so far beneath yes. our rights. And I really will end, but there was something else that's not on the seven things. And then it popped up in my feet. Do you know your phone listens to you? Yes. Yes. My God, we're in a bad society. Because I'm talking about it privately. I don't know what that phone's doing. It hurt me. It's freaky. I was just talking to myself. Lord, I need to believe you for this and this and this. My phone hurt me. And I didn't say, hey, Siri. Because I came and it popped up for these pills. This supplement. And I said, oh, my God. So I opened the thing. And I watched the promotional video, and I said, this is what I need. Look at this for $69.99. I can get this, and it will be delivered by Friday. I'm, I'm being honest with you. Oh, my God, this is my answer. And I was thinking seriously of ordering it. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, what are you doing? I said, Lord, this is an answer to my prayers. He says, no, that's what man's wisdom teaches. He said, why don't you speak to that thing? I said, Lord, you want me to speak to that as well? I'm trying to work on the other seven or six. I'm just trying to help you. The world is preying on people's fears. You need this. You need this. Oh, you need this for $69.99. It'll change your life. I'm not saying don't get supplements. I take 30 a day. I'm not saying don't do that. I won't be taking 30 a day for long. I can tell you that right now. Because my words are going to fix things. But until the Lord says stop, I keep shoveling those pills down my throat. I keep shoveling them handfuls at a time. Handfuls. Right? Handfuls at a time. Until my faith level is high enough and the Holy Ghost says stop. Stop. Because my words don't work if my heart's not full. And I'll keep taking the pills until I, you see, I'm not telling you not to take pills. I'm just talking about vitamins. If the doctor's assigned you pills, you better take those pills until the spirit of God says enough. And then even then, lessen it slowly. And then lie to the doctor. That's the only time lying is acceptable. Say, doc, I'm taking the medication. Well, that's great. You're doing great. You know, you're only taking half. And you fake, you faked them out. And then after you stopped taking them for a year, Doc, how you doing? How are my numbers, doc? Perfect. Keep taking the dose. Doc is one, you know, I haven't been taking it for a year. <laughs> my words changed it. What are you talking about? Uh, nonsense, mumbo jumbo, hocus pocus. I don't know what you're talking about. That's right, because you're a doctor. You're not spiritual. You're mental. I'm not dealing with what man teaches. I'm not dealing with what textbooks teach. I'm not dealing with medical science. I'm teaching something that God the Holy Ghost has taught me. And He taught me how to change my body with my words. Woo! Glory. I've, uh, Lord Jenny, Jenny, we, I almost said Lord Jenny. Did you hear that? <laughs> my God. See, that's false doctrine. That's false doctrine right there. Yes, yeah. Somebody's life was saved tonight. I heard the Lord say, "You're saving somebody's life right now, because if they don't talk to that, if they don't do this, it's going to—they're going to die earlier than they should have died." For me, it's not life-threatening. These things I'm talking about. For some people, this is serious. Some people, this is—this could affect your marriages, could affect your long-term future. You better—you better, you better take—pay attention. Leave in courage today. Your words, because of faith in your heart, can change anything. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you in Jesus' precious name. Lord, I went over and I ain't apologizing because somebody's life was saved tonight by this extra time I took. It's 20 minutes worth of life. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Let these precious ones stop letting the devil rob them with condemnation. If they're wrong, if they've deserved it, if they've opened the door, you'll show them and they'll make it right. But Lord, if you don't show them, We just walk in what the Spirit has taught us and we command and believe and it will turn situations around for us. We have a right to freely have all the things of the Father that the Spirit of God has sought out in the deep places of God. We have a right to freely know them all. What must we do? We must speak in other tongues and we must speak what the Spirit of God has taught us through the Word in order to have those things of the Father. For me, I had to speak things the Spirit taught me so I could have healing. For others, Father, it could be finances or it could be marriage or it could be some other area. But Lord, we've got to speak in other tongues and we've got to speak in English the things He's taught us from the Word. And it will change everything for us. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scammed and preyed upon by an ungodly society. We've got the mighty Holy Ghost and He is gonna show us the way through for our life. And we're gonna come through to victory. In Jesus' name.